Welcome, everybody. This is Business Beach Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I'm Adam Hergenrother, joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Today is going to be really fun. Um, jumping into what does it mean to really coach your team for success? We all hear coaches, right? I mean, coaches are everywhere. And well, and I think we also assume or often think of when we think of coaches, we think of an external coach. Yes. We don't always think about coaching that happens within an organization. We always think you've got to go outside your organization to get one, which there's a time and a place for that as well. Yes. We're going to talk about both. Yeah. We've kind of identified 10 steps, if you will, to which we're going to go through today about, you know, how do you coach your team? Because if you're not coaching your team, somebody needs to, right? And at some point, as you just said, there's a time and place that you need to um, bring somebody else in to help coach. But the most important thing is, um, are you coaching your people? <laughs> right. And even if you have another coach, you never actually stop ever coaching your team. It's just ever. It's a leadership tactic. Yes. I have so, other coaches. You have other coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't ever stop. We don't ever stop coaching each other because we're both coaching each other. Right. Yeah. It's, it's always part of that. There's, there's, you have to be, so let's jump into it. Right. Yeah. What's the first step that we've kind of identified here? The first step is that you have to understand what makes your team members or your employees tick. Yes. So that's necessarily, doesn't mean just like their big why it can be, but not everybody is going to have this perfect written down big why. So when I think and I hear that, like what makes your, your people tick, everybody has something that gets them out of bed, right? And, and early, <laughs> not out of bed because anybody gets out of bed. I mean, getting out of bed at like before 7 a.m. <laughs> seven, gets them out of bed. Like, you know, you have to get up at three o'clock in the morning because you're going on a on a trip and you got to catch a plane, right? Um, maybe it's not 3am, but there's something that yeah. kind of, so find that about the person. One of the best ways to do that is you, you can do what's called a motivational or get the book or sit down and just have a frank conversation with them about, Hey, Hallie, what drives you? Right. Actually, I was on a, one of our coaching calls yesterday with one of our internal uh, individuals. And I said, we we're in the middle of the conversation. I had written down kind of spontaneously on this white sticky pad. I said, what brings you joy? And I put it on my calendar for that, just like a, not my calendar, like a little sheet that I had for him. And I literally got to a point and I was walking around and he stopped talking for a second. I said, Hey, what brings you joy? And he just paused for about 15, 20 seconds. And he said, I've been wrestling with that question. I said, Oh, great. Let's tackle it. And it was just that in that kind of that, that moment, I'm just giving you an example of how you coach people internally. Uh, and we've had a lot of conversations. It's not like it was there and it's not like we haven't talked about that. Just the way we approached it and the way we talked about it. So we jumped into what brings some joy and, and then how do you align that with what you're doing? Right. And so I think understanding what brings people joy or where their alignment is, is where you start coaching them. Is it money? Right. Is it fame? Is it leadership? Is it opportunity? Is it all of that? Is it what really is going to drive that individual? Other um, parts about really understanding your team members are understanding their behavior, mm-hmm. behavior profile, their personality profile. We use the tool, the user's manual, which mm-hmm. we've talked about in the podcast before, and we have um, a free download for that um, on our website. But all of those tools are, it's just you just need to understand them and better yet teach them how to under, understand themselves and yes. get really self-aware. And as a team, like sometimes as a team, we like to all sit down and talk about our user manuals together, or we all sit down and we go over behavior assessments together Yes, um, just so that we understand each other, where we're coming from, what motivates us, what drives us, how, how we communicate, um, which is really the first step so that you or whoever the leader is can actually coach that person. Yes. Because if you don't understand them, you're just coaching them 
based off assumptions or your own personal beliefs. And I think people can get money from many organizations, right? I think people are with organizations because what you can do to them through coaching, right? The ch- to challenge their grow. personal growth, yeah. help them grow, right? Changes their thinking. I, one of the things I love to do if, I mean, this is just me, um, but if, if somebody says something that they're really after, over the course of years, you don't just sit there and tell them they're wrong for wanting any of that stuff because there's no right or wrong, but you can kind of work with them when you're laughing. You just work with them in terms of, um, well, why do you really need that? What is that really going to do for you? Have you identified those things? And I can just think of somebody in, my, in our world right now that I've worked with over the years about that. And they're becoming more aware about, well, maybe that's not everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so they just you just start working with them of where you can kind of recognize that they may not see that may be blinding them from doing something in their life. And you just slowly coach them on that, right? Well, that goes a little bit into number two, which is learn to read between the lines. Yes, right. It's uh, the, the phrase that I always love. It's like, how do you hear things that are unsaid, right? <laughs> or unheard. <laughs> unheard, right? This is one of those <laughs> things. But it's true. Like, how do you how do you read between the lines, right? How do you, when, and I, so a system that we use is the five questions, which we've talked about before, because we love seeing those things. I like to see where people have patterns for um, really understanding, you know, what are people not saying? And one of the things, if you know people, this, do they show up late, like in a day? And there's not that there's anything wrong with that, but like that's, maybe it was just that they're rushed, but if they do it two days in a row, what's their energy like? Where are they going to, what are they going to doing? You know, how was their, how are their emails? Are they shorter? You're looking for things that are, aren't said that you know that triggers that something could be wrong, right? And that's how you help coach people. Because the, re- the reality is a lot of the times it has nothing to actually do with business. It may be something else that's tripping them up that they need help with, right? And so you, that's when you have to recognize and you need a system for recognizing that of going in there and coaching your people through those challenges. Because we would love for it to come in here and be all about business. But the reality is, is there's, there's work-life integration. I mean, what's affecting you at your life at work is affecting you in business. What's affecting you in business is affecting you at life. And so being able to coach the, to the person, right? The holistic viewpoint of that um, is really important to be able to read between the lines. And I always, I would even go further of trying to recognize before they're even willing to admit it or before that they even know that it's going to be a larger problem and trying to pull it out then before it gets to a problem that it gets so far deep that you just ignore it. And then eventually people leave. I can think of somebody who left our organization last year who I kind of knew it was a problem and, and, and we didn't do anything about it. And I, we should have. Mm. And then when they came and told me that they were leaving, we had a very wonderful conversation at the end of it. And they said, well, if we just had this conversation, it probably would have been different. And it was just a great learning lesson for me of why didn't you have that conversation earlier? I thought it was handled by somebody else. Mm. Um, and it wasn't. Okay. And they, um, all it was, was one pebble, <laughs> right? It started with something that they thought that they were supposed to have more support on. And it was a pebble, it was a pebble, it was a pebble. And then over the last, then I noticed though, they were less, they were distant more. And this was an agent, so they weren't directly employees, but they were a good friend of ours. And they just slowly kind of, and I saw it and I'm like, I just, you almost convinced yourself. It's almost, because, if I'm honest, it's because I just didn't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you, and you had assumed that somebody I else assumed was. that somebody was dealing with it. And I just kind of made excuses for why my mind would say that. And yeah. the reality was it was, wasn't my mind. I just knew it was happening. And then when I got a text message from them, I knew that they were gone. Like it was instant yeah. and then no matter what conversation, no matter what conversation was. Yeah. So I just, I didn't even try to stop any of that. And I just welcome, I actually enjoyed the conversation. It was a feedback. And that was the whole conversation was, you know, if we had actually had this conversation six months ago, I don't think 30 other boulders would have gone in their shoe to cause them to move. 
And we actually applied that, interestingly enough, we applied that more recently a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I've noticed the difference. So again, you learn from doing this, but that's what coaching is for whatever you're doing. When you know there's something not quite right and you choose not to deal with it, it'll always come back later on. So whenever it's not said or you're reading between the lines, it's probably true. Yeah, well, and you have to just, as the leader, I mean, you just yes. said this, but you have you have to be willing to have that conversation, even if you don't really want to, or it's uncomfortable, yes. or in, in, in ask the question to bring whatever that, bring that truth to light, yeah. whatever, whatever that truth might be, good or bad. Yeah, for me, and maybe other people have thought about, I was just more of like, I don't think I should have to deal with this. It was a hubristic yeah. kind of ego kind of play by my part because I just kind of just didn't want to deal with it, but then I had to deal with it. <laughs> so again, it's just a good lesson to always remember that if you just choose to not deal with it, you're going to have to deal with it at One some way point. Or the other, yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, number three, ask questions. Yeah, I mean it's it's literally. I mean, it's, well, that's that's the whole point of coaching is not to tell somebody; it's to ask them questions. Right. And why? Well, questions get them to be self-aware, which is the most important part of that. If you force an opinion on somebody, how well does that go over? Right. They may, uh, they may, they may do it, but they're not doing it because they want to. They're doing it because they feel like they're out of fear of losing their job or something along those lines. Or if you're just coaching them, you're just becoming them self-aware. So you're asking questions and getting somebody to- Or it's a temporary fix, right? If they do it, if they listen to you and they do it, they're not going to really adopt it or buy into- whatever that new thing yeah. is. I also, term. I also think it's really powerful too, because when we ask questions and you get new, there's some homework from the questions, you start to see who actually takes the homework and bring it further along. Sure, yeah. And then that's the people that you just start paying attention to more and more and more, which I found it fascinating in the, uh, in the book, 11 rings um, with Phil Jackson's uh, he talks about how he would give his players very kind of individualized books to read. A lot of them were very Zen and spiritual. And back in the two thousands, it wasn't nearly as big as it is today. And, you know, he kind of, comments on the players that took it and actually went forward with it and how that helped their entire life. And so, you know, you can see patterns in that. I'm not saying it's, it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that whatever the homework is that you give them through questions, do people take it? Are they, or they want to make changes in those things, right? And that's part of coaching is getting somebody to make a change, but if they don't want to make the change, they're not going to make the change. So how do you get them to make the change, which is asking a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. I was going to just say point number four is putting the ball in their court and which is literally what you were just talking about. Um, and because you can't want it, want it more than you can't want their success more than they want it for themselves. Yeah. You know, and giving um, them the homework and making sure they show up and holding them. They have to be accountable to whatever they said they're going to do. I remember we were sitting and it was our first office that we had in water tower Hill. And it was when I was in the back office. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was sitting there late at night having a conversation with my mentor. And uh, I remember on the phone with him he, I said, you know, I was struggling with something and he said, he, 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 on the phone, he said, look, he said, you want this more than they want it. And he said, you're never, you're never going to, um, be able to instill your drive for the result that, uh, you have in them. And it was very freeing the first time I hear it. And I'm sure people listen to this isn't the first time they heard it. But for me in that context, because I was frustrated why they weren't performing. And then they're like, there comes a time you realize that you can't want it more for other people. They have to want it for themselves. Then that's why we always love to teach when you're, when you're making hires or you're bringing people in your world, you don't drag people into your world. You should want people that are, that are, that are raising their, both their hands, jumping up and down saying, I want to get into your world, 
right? You know, we made a hire over the weekend and that's literally what it was. It was, it was a hire that we didn't really need to make. Um, we can financially. And this person was just jumping up and down saying, I want to, I'll, I'll do whatever I can, whatever I can, whatever I can. I want to be part of your world. They actually went through our future self challenge and they're like working on themselves. They're like, I want to be part of this and everything I do. And it's just, and so we, you, you made the hire, but again, when you're coaching your, when your people for it, you got to put the ball and the accountability back in them. Another example of this is let's say Hallie and I were going through this and she was, you know, had to plan a date night with Bill. Right. Um, cause you hadn't one. For, I had to, yeah, I <laughs> they are painful sometimes, <laughs> but it may be like that. Instead of I would say, okay, Hallie, you know, you're, when are you going to do that? And you say bye tomorrow and I say, great. Text me the minute that you're done planning your date and let me know where you're going and what day you're going to do it to make sure that you're taking that time off. Right. right. I just put it back on them. And then that way you're not thinking about, okay, I got to follow up with Hallie on this. And then what will happen if you don't follow up with me, I may not remember it tomorrow night, but a day or two later, I'll see you and I'll go, Hey, how come you never texted me that? Mm-hmm. And then that's because then, then it just, it always comes back around that way or the next conversation you have, it'll show up again that way. So it's just where you always want to put it back on them. So you're not carrying the cognitive load all around of all the people that you gave homework to that you're coaching through, right? Mm -hmm. Because that can become exhausting. You don't get anything else done just running around trying to figure out who you have to follow up with. Always put it back on there. Right. And they never really learn. Yeah. Or, or ever become um, an accountable or habitual person. Yes. They're always know, Oh, Adam's always going to follow up with me. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I can even think about somebody on the other end too, like when you're looking to figure out who wants to run with you in your world, I gave somebody accountability probably 60 days ago and they were supposed to do it for 30 days and they did it for like a week and they just tail off and I just stopped responding to them and they're going to be out of our world. Mm. Right. And it's just, so yeah. it's another, it's just that you're just doing all of these things through coaching to figure out who wants to still run with you, who needs to be in with you and you know, who wants to step up. Because you, um, it's the, it's the Phil Jackson quote and I'm not going to remember what it is. Maybe you remember what it is. See, now she's pulling in Phil Jackson but too, right? It's the, it's the, um, you can set, you can create the environment for success, but yes. you, ultimately they need to, they need to do the work. Yeah. I think the, really what it, what it comes down to is that you create the highest, you create a foundation for people to be able to achieve whatever level of success they want. And then you let go of the outcome because the journey is much more fun that way. Yes. versus you running around trying to create this outcome and then yelling at everybody why they're not on the treadmill running, right? You create the best gym in the world, the best trainers, and you help them, but they still got to get on the treadmill and run, mm-hmm. right? And if they're not running, they're not running. Like you can't, you can't run for them. I guess you could run, but you're not really helping them. Right. They got to get on the treadmill and run themselves. Okay. Fifth point is coaching in the moment. What does that mean? What does it mean to you? <laughs> um, it means... Not well, a couple of things. It means not waiting. A lot of people will wait. Leaders especially will wait until a quarterly review to give their team members feedback or not give feedback at all um, or wait to an annual review to give feedback or, you know, you know, wait even for a weekly one on one. Sometimes that's not even the best time to do have a coaching moment. Really, the best time is when the situation is happening to make sure that you ask the right question in the moment or say, hey, I noticed X, Y, Z. And, um, here's how that could have been perceived. Do you see how that person could have seen it that way? You know, just really, it's just asking the questions and trying to get them to think, change their thinking or their perspective. Um, 
in that moment. Yeah, that's that's and not, awesome. And not waiting. Yeah, too many people wait and then they forget about it, or they doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same impact. But you're in a meeting, and so there's ways to start this. In the beginning, you may not do it publicly. You may pull them aside right after the meeting, particularly, and you may never do it publicly, depending on the person. That's sure. why you go to step number one, which is know them behaviorally, yes, right? Totally. And then, so as you know them, um, or as you begin to be more flexible or having more radical conversations particularly as you start this as a leader in the organization, there starts to be this fluidity that you can actually call people out in a polite way, right? In a respectful way to help them out. And you do that in the moment. It's the most powerful way to do it. And I I mean, I think that it's so hugely powerful for the other people in the, on the team to hear that and see that. And because they're learning from your leadership, so is the person that's being coached. And I think long-term what ends up happening, well, first of all, it creates this entire culture of um, coaching and accountability and radical conversations and what ultimately ends up happening is that the team members and your employees actually start coach, end up coaching each other. Exactly. Which is pretty cool. I think there's nothing more important when you're actually coaching is coaching in the moment, in those moments, because that's, that's when you can show. Now, if you say that and you want to be that organization, you better as the leader be able to take that coaching to you too. Yeah. Right. Because if you, you can, it's pretty easy to give it in the moment and you can do it respectfully. But I tell you, if you can take it and feel it, then you actually give it better too as well. And then and just like you said, everybody in the organization starts to see that and they go, well, Adam can, if Adam can take it over there, then, then he can, he can, he can dish it out. Not just, you're not just the one spreading the coaching session right. amongst everybody all the time. And it's like, oh, here goes Adam again. Right. It's no, you should be able to take it yourself. Cause in that meeting, you're not the smartest person. You may be the smartest person for what your job is. And then how is the smartest person for what her job is? And then Caitlin, the smartest person for her job is it's never about being the smartest person overall. We're not measuring intelligence. The whole point is hiring people that are the smartest people and the best performing for whatever job they're supposed to be doing inside the organization. You have a job. I have a job. Everyone does. And in those moments, people need coaching or feedback. Right? And the more open to feedback you are, it opens the rest of the team up to go, it stings, right? It's not fun, right? It's not like, hey, let's bring it in. But I tell you, if you learn to channel adversity, you can use it as one of the greatest gifts that you can have. It's just people get so caught up in not wanting feedback because they take it so personally instead of just realizing that somebody's just actually trying to make you better. And in, fr- in fact, wouldn't you rather know that now so the next time it happens, you don't do it again? And so you're going to improve the organization? That's coaching, is being able to take the feedback, get over the initial sting. And by the way, I'll tell you, and you, you probably know this, just over time, it becomes less and less sting. It may yeah. sting for like a second, and then you go, that kind of sucked. Get over it, right? Nobody's right. A, nobody's so you don't attach to it. You don't yes, internalize exactly. it. exactly. You just let it... It's kind of like Let's any go. emotion can be the, the, the greatest serving of emotions. Anger can be a wonderful emotion, right? I mean, it can. People can, it can be a wonderful emotion as long as you don't become any of it. Mm-hmm. Anger can be the sign that says, hey, I need to change. Something needs to change. And so the best thing to do with any of this, if you're starting out this process, is to sit with the emotion. The minute you become any of these emotions, you're done. And that's what people do. When they, when they instantly get feedback and they get frustrated or angry and they become it and then they're out of control. Whereas if you can, if you can sit there and allow the emotion to come in and you recognize it for what it is, which is a sing, signal of saying this is, and it gives you this extra inspiration to sit there and allow it to, and if you sit there long enough with the emotion, <laughs> if you sit there long enough with it, it'll actually go away and then the fruit of the emotion shows up. 
And that's the gift that you can have, which is seriously like it's when you, when you sit with it and you let it go, then all of a sudden the message, it's like a fortune cookie. (laughs) If you're able to get through the shell, the message shows up. The problem is, is people never see the message because they're still, they're still stuck on the shell of the fortune cookie and they're trying to get rid of the fortune cookie. Instead of once you open up a shell or you let go of the emotion, the message that you need to hear that was brought to you shows up in such a clarifying way that you learn to love feedback, emotions for what they are because they're signals for a way to change or to help coach or radical conversations. And so as a leader, the, even this conversation that we were just having right now, you and, and other leaders, but you particularly, will often have these conversations with our team members to make sure that they are constantly recognize. Like we have these conversations, like recognizing their emotions, talking about letting go, um, talking about that growth mindset. So I will tell people too, a lot of times I'm like, look, you're never going to hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. You don't hurt my feelings. It doesn't mean it doesn't sting sometimes. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. So just share, <laughs> just do it. Right. I mean, just tell me what it is. Even some of the tough conversations you and I had, I could, I'm like, just say it, Hallie, you're not going <laughs> to offend me. I promise. And you know, you're like, I know, but like, you're trying to like protect yeah. me somehow. And it's like, you've gotten yeah. a lot better at it. But in the beginning, it was like, I was like, there, right there. Just tell me what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It was never necessarily about want, not wanting to hurt you. I think it was more of, oh, if, if some t- felt some, some sort of disloyalty by sharing yeah. a converse or feedback or conflicting something. Yes. Um, I'm not worried about your feelings. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, okay. So the sixth point is about really, it's what we've just been talking about. Um, when you're coaching your team and coaching inside of your organization, you, the leader has to constantly be increasing your level of leadership and increasing your coaching skills and also actually teaching and encouraging your team to do the same. Yeah. So how do you do that? (laughs) I mean, um, how do I do that? Well, I do that by working on myself, yes. um, which is a constant journey for me. Um, for everybody. Yes. So whether that's reading, podcasts, having a cl- coaching client, because that I think that's a great way to work on, whether, whether it's a client or even just coaching your own team members, yes. right? Actually practicing coaching and knowing that you're going to get it wrong yeah. a lot in the beginning, um, have, getting a coach. So... I get coached by you all the time and have for the past 10 years. Um, there is a time when that serves its purpose mm-hmm. and has a place, but mm-hmm. there's also a place for, um, like I've been exploring getting breakthrough coaching mm-hmm. sessions. Super excited about that. And then mm-hmm. the, what's the other one we talked about? The self, what's the regression? Oh, past life, past regression. life regression, which yes. isn't really coaching, but it's all about. Well, that's a big coaching session. Yeah, past well, life regression yeah, okay. is very So it's just all about self-awareness and, and growing your own yes, you know, exactly. self-leadership. And then yes. I actually just hired a coach um, starting to work with her tomorrow, which yes. I'm really excited about. So, um, I have to keep doing those yes. things in order to yeah, one, even just remotely keep up with you, let alone, you know, help any of our employees well, think, or team members. Oh, I think one of the, you know, you're obviously driven to keep growing yourself in your lid. One of the things that I think that, um, is what you said is powerful is coaching other people, like an actual structured environment, whether you get paid for it or not, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally going out there. You may take somebody that is, you know, in somebody else's world and you say, Hey, do you mind if I coach you for 90 days? It's like, you can just do it once a week, 30 minutes or whatever it is, or whatever that makes sense for you or twice a week or twice a week, twice a month or something. The whole point, it's not about the monetary thing. You're not supposed to get money from it. It's supposed to, when you have no outcome, when you have no ties to the financial outcome of coaching somebody, you talk differently. Mm-hmm. 
And what it'll do is if you can, when you can coach somebody outside of that, then that language that you use to them leaks over into your own people. So you're letting go of that outcome too. And then the real conversation of coaching happens because some people when they're tied financially or tied somehow to the outcome, they are, I don't want them to leave. I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to disrupt that. They soften the coaching conversation. Whereas the minute you go into one where you have no outcome, you go, oh, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> you already know exactly what to do. You just got to have that same mentality of letting go of the outcome, right? And then go coach that. And that's actually where change happens. Yeah. But you have to be willing to coach to that level. And that's why it's, it's such a powerful aspect to coach outside of your organization, even for a small period of time, to get a taste of what it's like to tell somebody how to coach or tell somebody or encourage the coaching or have that frank conversation with them when they're not in your organization. It becomes powerful. All right, next point. Coaching tip seven, teach your team members how to think for themselves. What does that mean to you? <laughs> you just do that before <laughs> I jumped into you. Um, you know, I think it, it's all the things that we're saying, right? It's it's teaching people. If you don't, you don't just tell somebody the answer, which feels really good to you, right? That's why people do that. The only reason why they do it is so they don't feel like a fraud, right? Which goes to our last episode. You can listen about that. They they want to feel like they're adding some sort of value to the the people by telling them what to do. But the reality is, is you're just getting people addicted to you. And that can feel good in the beginning because it feels like, oh, look at all these people who need me, right? Mm-hmm. And then you wake- I was gonna say, or you want to get a result faster or you're worried about, you're worried about them failing because that ultimately means that you fail. Well, all of it comes down to letting go of the outcome. That's yeah, why you, yeah. predict, you, you create the f- best foundation that you can and you let go of the outcome. The journey is much more fun that way. Just people need to recognize that. It's just much more fun. It doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly how you want it to. But it's just much more fun because you're not so neurotic in there. You're not so caught up in your mind of trying to control every single thing. You're just letting go of the outcome by creating, but you're still focused on the result, but you're letting go of the outcome, <laughs> right? And so when, when, you, when you do that, when you're giving people the ability to, to teach for themselves, you're, you're creating entrepreneurs, you're creating people that can go and build things in your world without you having to do that. And for me, that is the most freeing feeling. And I don't know if that just came naturally or came through all the work that we did, but when people are like, no, they can't do it. I'm like, that's the last thing that I ever want to do is get in somebody's world. I will if I have to, because the results aren't there. And people don't like that because I start showing up in their world. I start taking a step closer and closer and closer. But ultimately, I want to give people the freedom to go do what they want and support the hell out of them right? Coaching them, supporting them, operationally supporting them, financially supporting them so they can go out and do that. But how, Sorry, go ahead. You got it. I was going to say, but how do you really teach somebody to think, like think for themselves? <laughs> you know, one of the things you can do, you delete their email. Okay. I'm serious. Oh, right. Okay. Right. You, you literally just, just you delete, just you just don't respond. Email. They figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, you were, ask, or ask different questions. I mean, that's a more political way of doing it. I just like to delete people's emails. And then Hallie brings him up and tells me I got to answer him. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm kind yeah. of being serious, yeah. but I'm kind of joking, but I'm being serious too. Like literally, if you start to see things come up that you're like, this person can figure it out. I just delete it or don't respond to it. Mm-hmm. And then they go figure it out and it never shows up. And it's like, and then you may sit down there one-on-one. And I may be like, Hey, did you ever figure that thing out? Like, yeah, I got it taken care of. Like, sorry, I even bothered you for that. So it's like, you got, you have to know when you actually need to ask them further questions, when it's a serious thing, or if you look at this and go, this has a minimal impact in the organization, very minimal, and this person should know this, then I delete it. And I'm just enabling them by continuing exactly. to answer their questions. Yes. Or even sometimes, even, you know, when we're, we're, you know, I even think of sometimes with, with you and I, I'll respond back and I go, I don't care. Yes. Answer this. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just never shows back up. And so I just use that language with you because you know I'm not doing it mean, but yeah, right. yeah. um, you'd find that language of people just like, you can figure this out yourself, 
right? Or another thing is, and you may have seen some of these emails go through, when people ask me, say, well, what do you want me to do with this thing? I said, you know what? I'm going to let you guys handle this and I'll support you with every decision that you have. They may have laid out four to four options. And I said, I'm going to let you guys pick the option that's best. And you, and you usually say like, and come tell me what you've decided. And then come tell me what you've decided. And then at that point, if it's like really wrong, yes, you do have the opportunity to yes. course correct. Well, what I like to do with people is I, I say, if, if there was I say, well, here's a problem. I say, great, bring me some solutions. And then they come back and they bring me, here's three solutions. I say, great, you pick which one you think is best. And that's all you do. And you're training people because they're the ones who created, they know it better than I do. Mm-hmm. I may see something or, or say, yeah. Yeah, Hey, if you choose option C, don't forget about this or make sure this is going to happen or make sure this person's aware of it. I'm just guiding. That's the supporting coaching role. I was going to say, isn't that what coach this. is? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not saying, okay, bring me the solutions. Then I'm going to make decisions. Now there's a time and a place that you have to make a decision. If it's Absolutely. one that's very impactful and one that I think people are looking for me to make, I have no problem making it. Actually, I prefer, like most people, to actually be making the decision, but I also know in order to get where I want to go, I can't be making all decisions. Not all of them, but the ones that are part of your job yes. as a leader. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's why even, you know, even just with a lot of like, whether it's marketing emails or different things going on, I just don't respond to a lot of those things. Cause I'm like, people can like, they don't, you don't need me to bless this. Like you need to go create and be able to do it yourself. And that's, and that's just teaching people how to think for themselves. So you can ignore a lot. <laughs> and then if you can't ignore it, ask them to bring solutions. And then you, then Which you, I will say as an, you should do be doing employees should be doing anyway. Yes. You should never have to be asked to bring a solution to yes. a problem. But, yes, exactly. Yeah. And that in it's, itself teaches them how to think for themselves. Next point. Okay. This is the la- last one. We said 10. There's actually eight. Um, but that's because I changed it as we were talking. <laughs> um, but there's eight, the eighth point is knowing when you're, and we talked about this a little bit, yeah. knowing when your team members um, need a coach that isn't you. Great example of this is I think and think of how many coaches we've got people for meditation right? Like I don't need to be teaching people. I may get them hooked on it, (laughs) but in there, I may get them hooked on some sort of activity financially, like physically, and then we'll support them with getting them a physical coach or a nutritionist, right? Mm -hmm. Any coach that they want, will help them out with that. If they have specific leadership challenges that they want to go through, we'll get them a coach or a a book or a book series or an audible series or a lecture series that coaches can also be books, right? This just be clear on that, especially if it's very clear lecture series or whatever it is that you can support them in any way that it is there. But you don't need to be the one. I think the only only reason why you wouldn't get somebody else in there is because your own ego is preventing you from actually allowing that to happen, which means that the people are there for me and therefore I need to be the one to have all the answers. What you don't (laughs) wake up like you're not supposed to have all the answers. So when somebody's better at you that being able to help coach this person, pour into them right? Give them the opportunity to go out there and go those things. You're never going to stop what you're doing through your coaching and helping that way, but then use all the other amazing people that are around there to help you with your coach. You know, in our coaching company, right? And I know Carrie, when she's talking with all of our clients and you know, whether or not a client may be a year into a contract and says, you know what? I've loved this operational coach, but I think I really need more uh, leadership coaching. And then we'll switch them to another coach. Yeah, you don't have to stay yes, with a coach not, for the rest of your life. Because you feel bad, yeah. get over that too, right? Yeah. And it's the first thing we tell our coaches is like, hey, if it's time for somebody to go beyond somebody else, don't take that personally. Because I would expect you to do the same thing too. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not saying you're a bad person. They're just saying, I need something different in my life. I, you know, I have a very few select clients that I have, but you know, the ones that I do, 
are very purposeful in what I'm going to coach them. And we're very clear on that. Even if they want to pay the money to coach with me and say, look, I'm never going to coach you on that. You better be very clear, which you usually screen them and say, Adam's only going to coach you on this. Cause that's the only level of conversation that I want to have. Um, other than that, it's just, it's not where I want to want to be, um, and help people out. So you just got to figure out what, where that coach is and just sit with somebody and then you know, when is it time to get an, an external coach, whether that's founder and force multiplier, right? How many people have we, you know, coached EAs because their boss is not the right person to be coaching an EA. Right. This is why we wrote the whole book, right? Yeah. Is designed. Well I, well, I would argue though that per, per what we were just talking about, they should be still coaching them as a team member and as an employee. Yes. But there, there, but it's interesting. Yes. That it does come a time when, again, when you need just that other voice, yes. you need a different perspective. You need um, yeah, you just need something different. Yeah. Or you just, the reality is, is they're going to probably say the same thing you said. Well, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> and you, but you just give somebody else. Why more. do you think I'm getting a coach? Because <laughs> it's just the, the same thing that they say to you is just coming from somebody who's different states away and has different credit, different levels of credibility, which is also why I love using our entire organization to somebody that's a, you know, we have an awesome agent and Maryland that is talking to a team leader in Vermont and that just builds more credibility, right? Whatever it is, you're, just, you're never a profit in your own land, right? And sometimes you need to learn that when you're not a profit in your own land, how do you get people to pour into your key people? And that's the, that's the most important part of all of this. So take these steps, work on them. Um, and as you do it, most importantly, coach in the moment, know yourself, be aware of what you're doing and bring a purposeful approach to coaching for you and for everybody that's in your organization. And always ask a lot of Powerful question. I thought you were going to say always be closing. Oh, it's going to seem like it was like a steak no. knife kind of thing right no, there. Just no, just always. I mean, I just will always go back to the questions. I yes. just think that that's such a, that's the cornerstone of coaching in my opinion. Love it. Thank you everybody for hanging with Hallie and I to the end of this episode as an added benefit for doing so. And considering this is a coaching podcast episode, we want to offer you a free strategy call on our holistic approach to coaching. All you have to do is go to adamhergenrother.com slash call, and you'll be scheduled with our president of coaching, Carrie Heibel Briner, who's going to walk you through our strategies that we can literally implement into your life, into your business and help succeed with your employees. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and we're looking forward to having you connect with us.